0: Welcome to the Fourth Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the Fourth Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champ, nine-year pro kicking coach in the South, Coach Brian Jackson.
1: Hey guys, what's up? Brian Jackson here and Chris Hughes on the Fourth Down Experience podcast, and we're excited to have a guest that we have had on the show. Um, he was playing in the IFL at the time. He's been a, a veteran Arena League kicker for several years, and uh, we are stoked to have the XFL's Seattle Dragons kicker Ernesto Licao back. Welcome back, man! Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. It's an honor to be back on here.
0: Yeah, how you doing, Ernesto? Uh, we are excited to have you on, and you know, kind of like. Going back to the, the the last interview we had, you know, you've had such a sweet journey in arena football. We're super thrilled that you got that opportunity to play in the XFL. So I guess, how has the experience been so far for you?
2: It's been great uh, since uh, you know the first five weeks being here. But you know, the moment I've been here for my workout to getting uh, signed and fit for the job, it's been you know a dream country as well. And being able to you know represent the IFL slash arena kickers. You know, it's one of the biggest things I can do for us, and then hopefully more guys are soon to come.
0: So, have you been getting a lot of IFL people just supporting you and reaching out and saying you're you're doing it for us type of thing? What's the what's that support been like?
2: Yeah, it's definitely been. I mean, from all different positions, guys who I who I played against, you know, other fellow kickers, of mine, vine, at the same time, other coaches too. So it's uh, you know, it really makes me happy that you are reaching out, you know, and you know thanking me and also welcome me also to the league here too and hopefully inspiring everybody to get a chance too because as i i defend us every day i'm at practice and at games and you know i tell them like hey there's a lot of talent there and uh I don't overlook look these guys because you know we're still chasing our dreams in the indoor league, these guys can definitely play at this level
1: what's been the biggest challenge so far with the slight you know pickoff differences or extra points or even the ball or anything what would what, what have been a few of the adjustments that you've had to make
2: uh, well not not too much on the ball i mean the only difference i've seen on the ball for guys the punters the punters don't seem to get a great hang time on on this xfl ball it seems to be a little bit smaller in diameter in the middle of the ball but guys aren't getting their foot onto it too much for kickoffs it's been great uh adjusting to the rules actually sort been of a benefit of mine as an arena kicker because it's all about placement obviously we can't kick the ball you know, past the end zone. And here, it's all about placement. Even though they moved the ball back to the 30-yard line, I think it's great the fact that you know, in the IFL, we are we able to at least do what we want to do with the ball. And it's the same same concept here. Uh, it's just like I'm not able to get more tackles like I like to. But uh, we'll we'll work on that eventually with the schemes. But everything else has been great. I mean, it's kind of also hard uh, not trotting out there after a touchdown, waiting for an extra point. So then they have to hold me back. They're like, no, 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 no shaking So. It's a lonely walk all the way to the other side of the thirty with the kickoff, only five minutes after the commercial to do my job.
0: <laughs> What's been kind of a fun different rule element that is kind of fun to see firsthand in the game?
2: I mean I think I think it's great what they're doing after the touchdown, that whole one point, two point, three point you know, it adds another element to the game, especially for the offense and it's not a gimme. That's the thing. A lot of these teams, uh, including my own, you know, they're trying for these points and you know, when things like, Oh, okay, it is it's not like the kicking where it's mostly to give me a higher percentage rate. Whereas this one, you know, that defense is, they're not allowing those points to get in. So that's also very exciting and to see that. I mean, nothing has changed with the duo goals and But on the kickoff, I mean, they, they, they're they really in our face with their cameras and all that stuff. They really want to see how our ball is. They're asking us questions here and there. Probably questions that have not been asked. Like the NFL is a the kicker and just because he's out there with the whole unit. But since we're out there on an island by ourselves, you know, I had the little element. A lot of people were excited, and you know, they focus on us, on big kicking. But if I was not say all the whole rule changed, to me, the most exciting is actually the
1: um, the point after touchdown, the two, the three, or the one point. Right. Um. You know, in the arena game, so you know, we can we can wait two to three tenths of time slower, uh, just because there's no outside rush on the edge. Right. Um. You know, obviously with your training and everything you've been doing for years. Uh, what have you had to do um, with Brock and, and, and your snapper? What, what have you had to do to ensure your out times are still good?
2: Well, the only thing that, you know, after my workout, I know I was a little bit slow on time in our workout, but one thing I was always taught that if you go to a workout and you have no relationship with the snapper and the holder, you know, you don't want to rush anything to your tempo of that sort. So after working with the guys, I mean, I remember being at a 1.4 seconds in, in, in the Arena leagues. And then uh, having to work to that 1.28 to 1.33 range, you want to be safe there. That way you get your get-offs. And it's just a matter of consistent work. And that's something that, you know, I haven't had in a long time in arena because there's years I've had multiple holders and multiple snappers in one one season. Whereas now, you know, I get the chance to work day in and day out and create that chemistry with, you know, Brock and uh, Noah, my snappers, who are two exceptional specialists at what they do.
0: How did the whole experience of you getting called in, and what was the tryout experience like for you?
2: Well, just coming in for our workout. Uh, I mean, there was uh, you know three guys that were working out for this, and you know coming into we had ten field goals after our ten field goals that we charted. They we were, were all with snap, ball, and kick, so they were observing our ball flight. They were also observing how we warmed up at the same time our operation time. But they also understood that, that we had no relationship with the guys. That all times were just one of those okay, with just the say it out, you're wearing it. After that was the kickoff thing, which a lot of thing uh, which a lot of guys tend to struggle with because I think the misconception that we have as we're training outside, going like the zone or camps, can't we we're trying to kick the ball just straight down the middle, you know, a uh, big ball trying to go as deep as you can. Whereas here now it's all about, hey, you can't put in the end zone, that's a penalty, so we have to place the ball inside the ten, inside the five to the angle to the corners. So you get to be more creative, guys. Get to move around a little bit, and then after that, I mean, uh, we get to do onside kicks, and that's where I truly kind of separated myself from the other guys because onside kicks, the bread and butter for us in arena guys, and from the you know boomerang kick to the high bounce to everything, I I so you know, I pretty much brought everything outside the bag. So just to do that, but it's been a great experience just doing that and working into the system, getting into the grind, uh, knowing your counts of when you need to. Kick a little bit more on certain days, and at the same time, making sure that everything is going according to plan. So, you're also looking for more uh, of the quality kicks. So, I, when I go out to work out, especially tomorrow at our practice, uh, we only have three field goals in our field goal period, and they asked if I wanted to do more, but I'm like, realistically, in the game, we'll, we'll probably get three. So, you know, you want to minimize those reps to make sure you make them all. And that way, you know, you get that. Same kind of motion at the same kind of rhythm. Keep going and making sure you're you're staying perfect with your unit.
1: You mentioned kickoffs, so when we interviewed Taylor Rus- Russelino, who, who you know, okay. um, and he, he was an arena guy for a little bit there um, for you know a few years ago or five or six years ago. Um, he, when we interviewed him, it was like right before the XFL start. The XFL season started, so. Some of the rules he'd said were just slightly off, but for the most part, everything was was the same. But when, when you're saying that the ball goes in the end zone, uh, I thought it came out as like the 15 or the 25. What happens if you kick it in the end zone? Well, if you kick it on the fly in the end zone, the ball comes out, uh, I
2: believe, to the 15. Now, if the ball doesn't make it to the 20-yard line, which a couple of guys have been doing it because they'll – they try to speed up too much of tempo, and they'll hit like a squib kick, and it doesn't get to the 20-yard line, the opposite, the opposite of the 20-yard line. That's the worst penalty. The other team gets that ball on your own, or I would say the plus or minus 45, so it's a huge swing, it's a huge penalty for us. Now, the ball bounces, let's say, on the, on the 5 or the 2 or the 3, and then goes into the end zone. It kind of acts like a touchback, so they get the ball on the 5. What you don't want to do is kick it into the end zone. That's the thing you know is a great return game, which we haven't really seen based on the the new rules. You know, some guys can do that. But the worst thing you can do on the kickoff is not kick it to the 20 I mean, There's been a couple times where okay. guys are, like, missing the ball, and that's the thing. So
1: that's the biggest penalty for us on kickoff. Right. Gotcha. So have you had to make any tackles yet? Or get get in there yet?
2: Because you know. No. Okay. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. I've been. I've been waiting. I've been trying to get in there. I know. Uh, Are you encouraged nice by the
1: much coaches? Much. Are the coaches telling
2: well, you, Hey, to. to make sure to get. Okay. So I'm always, you know, I'm making sure I'm the safety back there. But I haven't got that opportunity yet. But uh, I'm still waiting on it. Hopefully, not too many as I
1: always do in an arena. But we'll see about that. So obviously. Um, for us, kickers-wise, you know, we're trying to get good film to possibly go to the NFL. It, you know, if the XFL keeps growing and salary keeps moving up, I mean, there may, not, there may not be an argument there on going to the NFL. It could be just the XFL. But let's say the thought is still trying to move up to the NFL. Obviously, if you're allowed to get the hang in the distance, but obviously it sounds like placement is important. Hypothetically, couldn't you just hit like a 2.0 line drive down like the two? Hypothetically? Because yes. the coverage yes. seems... Like, talk about that.
2: So, like, in the first game when I played against uh, you know, when I played at D.C., you know, I was still having that mentality, you know, kick the ball nice and high with good hang time and place it down there. Well, that day we had a good, strong headwind where the ball was getting caught in the air. So I started realizing, okay, my, one of my coaches would always tell me the hang time, like, i come back to the to the, to the sideline but then we went to film and I was like you know what coach I think it would be better off uh, with my coaching coach if we were to hit these balls between three eight, three seven, and have a better trajectory on the ball as opposed to kicking it high leaving it susceptible to the wind and the environment so you uh, there's it, it's better off just having a low hang time like you were saying and placing the ball and not you know letting the environment just take effect of it because it's going to work and some guys who have hit the ball a little higher, they, they tend to miss hit it. You know, they get that fluttering kick and, and they get that penalized. Because that 20-yard, it doesn't seem like it'd be that hard to do. But it, it, when you're overthinking it and just I think that's where guys are getting messed up. Because uh, we're all taught to kick as, you know, as deep as we want. So that's going to probably affect us when it comes to getting looked at by the NFL.
1: I don't think uh, the NFL should look at it that way. It's like, okay, but they we're just fall within the rules. Right. So your coaches and the XFL coaches, yeah. they know the rules. Uh-huh. Right? So, like, they're they're not they're not judging you necessarily if you're hitting a 3-4, 67-yard kickoff. Right. Right. Right? Like, I assume that's the mindset because, like, no, hang time doesn't really matter in this particular game you know, no one moves until the ball's caught. So like I mean, for me personally, like if I'm if I'm not content, but like if I'm happy, I'm I'm hypothetically kicking in the X, XFL, You know, making you know, making decent money or whatever, like you know, obviously NFL is NFL, right? That's a lot of money. Yeah, but like still making a decent living. Like, you know, I guess what's the thought process with the X F L kickers? Not necessarily the dragons, but like you know all these guys, like you take pictures with all right. of them, which is so awesome to see, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. After the games, it's just so cool to see all the guys. Like, what's everyone's kind of thought process or mindset? Because the hang time doesn't matter. So I would assume it's between the kicking coach or the special teams coordinator and you. But like, what's the thought process of the guys? Are they like, Maybe, do I need to kick it four one, four two, down to like the to the five So that way I'm still getting NFL looks, or what am I doing just? To
2: be, that's a good question. The thing is, that's something that hasn't really come up with any of like us that we talk to each one another. But, uh, I mean, like, for example, I was talking to Sergio Castillo this last weekend from Houston, and his thought process as well was like, you know, hey, I'm just trying to hit a low ball, making sure, because he was telling me how the wind was working there. And, you know, warm we were both hitting the same ball, kind of that 3 8, not even a 4-second, but kind of a. Yeah, well, not in between a line drive and a high ball, but we're placing it. But the one thing that what I was doing, and that's helping me a lot, is that I placing the ball a lot to the corner. So I'm actually doing a lot more film study, and watching this uh, return team is set up in a budget between the numbers and the hashes, and that's what I noticed, and they gave me that look on the second kickoff. And so what I decided, I was originally going to go down the middle, and I checked it with my coach. I looked over to the side, and I said, I'm going right. I place the ball between the numbers and the sideline, and they helped out tremendously because if I put it down there, it doesn't matter in the hang time. Now the moment he touches it, all the coverage, my like kickoff coverage team on the right side was able to get off and get it to, to much quicker. So it's it's more of a scheme game, and but we haven't really talked about, like, hey, you know what, the NFL comes looking. I think we all understand that they know the rules, they know why we're doing it, and they won't judge us on that. It's no different than when I came here. Um, they knew the rules of the arena game, so they weren't judging me on certain things. They're like, as far as okay, that's understandable. You're working within the rule of the system that you were in.
1: That's awesome. That's great for the industry because, Ernesto, you and I both know. Ten years ago, it was almost uh-huh. like a negative if you you know if you went arena and tried tried to think you were going to go back to the NFL. It was just like so hard because right. there was right. such a Negative, like stigma about us, and that's awesome. And and like you said, I mean, you're you you are. I mean, you've been the longest-lasting arena kicker to be able to to make it back to one of these high high-end premier leagues. And so um, it's cool that it's cool to see the special teams coaches um, are getting head coaching jobs, and it's also cool to see the special teams coaches are are being open-minded. Uh, Chris, yeah,
0: I was actually just gonna ask you that and then you kind of answered it Ernesto that you know obviously now we're 5 games in with the season i was going to ask you how much influence do you feel like you get with the special teams coach i mean you gave us a good example there but do you feel like they really want to listen to what you say and 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 adapt to maybe your style of kicking and what you think you can do well i mean coming in here even though they they know that I'm a
2: veteran of the Rena game but i've always been one of those coming from a military uh, family background you know, I listen to them, it's more of a yes sir, You know, no sir, but most of the time they tell me what to do and I make sure I do the best of my ability to do exactly what they want to do. Now they work, they see what they're doing, like for example this last week, uh, we started incorporating some fake field goals and the team didn't realize I can run pretty fast and they clocked my 40 and I ran a 4.42 the other day. So it was, uh, They were just like, you can run, I'm like yeah, I used to do track in college as an off-season thing. <laughs> you know, I still like to do that. And they're thinking, okay, this guy can do more things. When they see my on-site kids, they start scheming. So the more I show them at practice, and I don't have to be like, hey, coach, look at me. It's more of they, they watch everything. Even our our player, uh, our director of player personnel, he's watching every position. From guys dropping balls, he's counting everything. If I miss a field goal, you'll let me know that day. Hey, you missed one, or if you missed a couple of them, I mean, that's how guys before a year got cut, you know, they're just not being consistent. And so as long as I'm being consistent within the, the video room at the same time on the field and listening to what they want to do and applying it to perfection and to the best of my ability, it makes them happy. So that's that's the way I go about it. I don't like to put too much in my input. Like they when they pretty much got in the first practice here, they're like, Okay, we want you to do be 128 one two eight, one three, three. Yes, sir, let's get after it. And so I make that adjustment on myself. And when I can do that over and over again, it makes them happy, and that's all that matters to me. And this is kind of a, a side,
1: sidebar, just random question here. Uh, you know, obviously in the arena leagues, indoor leagues, you know, whatever level, um, obviously when the AFL was the AFL prime, um, you know, we had good perks and all that. But, but historically... You would at least get your your housing covered, you know, whether it be like an apartment or, or a condo that you're sharing with other other teammates. Um, you typically would get like sponsored coupons for for meals, or they would have like planned breakfasts or lunches and dinners, things of that sort. And then, and then depending on the league, you'd get bonuses. Obviously, this is very personal, so I'm not asking you to, and I know you wouldn't tell us, but like you don't have to tell us the personal stuff, but like maybe just in general for people like us or people out there that are listening you know Mm -hmm. even just the facilities and training stuff etc like what what's the xfl like compared to other leagues you know because it's the next thing before the
2: nfl you know well i mean i'm pretty much open to talk about that everything that we have at least for the seattle Dragons, everything is red here like nfl um, awesome. They take care of us, we all stay at the same, at the hotel, and everything at our hotel in downtown Seattle, from our meeting rooms to our weight room, a huge weight room and a conference room, it's impressive to see how they got all this weight room stuck in there. Everything is here, so we don't have to go very far for anything, from uh, wow. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I mean, we have food that's good for us all the time, so it's very much rad and a good structure just as well as the NFL. Everyone has their own specific diets. Um, depending on your position, so you have to work within that. Uh, as far as the training rooms, everything is at our practice facility, which is the stadium, a Memorial Stadium, in downtown Seattle, and everything is there. So, from perspective of how the XFL, I'm assuming that all the other teams are just like like that as well. But the way the Seattle tactics is being ran, it's to me it's the equivalent of what the NFL would be from from uh, the organization all the way down to the training room and
1: everything of that sort. You know, it's like, I mean, Wichita, uh, Las mm-hmm. Vegas. Um, uh, was, was Portland one of them? What was the other mm-hmm. team? Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, Louisiana. Louisiana. Yeah. Louisiana, okay. So, you I mean, and, and no disrespect to, to any of the teams, okay? No, mm-hmm. no disrespect to any of those. Um, like, even me, like, just knowing such a taste of what, you know, you've done, like, I would assume it's like, you're like a king, man, like, this is royal, like, what's it feel, I would, I would be like, just hearing a hotel and all the meals and the weight room, it's like, you know, all right there, it's just treated like, I mean, how's it feel compared to what you're used to with all the other leagues, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen uh, my share of ups
2: and downs when it comes to organization, <laughs> uh, but I would say, like, the Wichita team, to me, was one of the best organizations I was ever part of. And they ran them. They ran everything so well. And it's probably why we were so successful at that time when they were the wild. Um, but you know, being here, I mean, I, I can really boast about it. But to me, what I tell people, I'm just grateful. And I had I'm grateful for the opportunities that I went through because you have to go through those kind of situations to see the ups and the downs of organizations, see how they ran, to truly appreciate what you have now. I mean, from shoes, I mean, I I, I have never been in an organization where they're like, So, so well, what model shoes do you want to wear? I'm like. Huh, didn't even get that in college, but uh, I'll take this. And they're they're the next day. I'm like, this is insane. I've never been part of things like that or having the endless amount of footballs. I mean, I used to have only maybe three or four footballs even in arena (laughs) and let alone having to go pick up my ball in the stadium somewhere in the raptor that are lost to have Now I have seven ball people handing me a ball every time I kick a ball and it's like, this is insane. But I'm just grateful and I couldn't thank God enough for that. But I, I always tell people, when it's all said and done, when I write my book about arena football and my experiences, you know, you have to talk about those things. Because uh, I know the time when I first met you, when I was in Louisiana, I mean, we were we were fighting for a box of Church's chicken between two people. So <laughs> I was lucky to get the biscuit. So, I mean, as long as I got the biscuit, I was fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: man, I remember that.
0: Oh, that's, that's awesome. Well, Ernesto, we got a few fun questions we wanted to ask you. All right. Of course. All right. Kicker stats. I have n- I could not for the life of me find stats on the leagues on, on this league for kickers. Is there is it tracked anywhere and do you know how kind of you're stacking up? The stats? Yeah, like kicking stats for the XFL. So the I
2: just recently figured that one out myself because I was uh you know, when we travel to practice every day, uh, my partner he's always letting me know, I'm like, Where are you getting stats? So it's on the app. You have to get the XFL app. Okay. And then from there you have to uh, there's like a sidebar and it gives you that leaderboard, the statistics of that sort. You can actually pick between teams of that sort. So that's the only place that I know that I'm aware of that you can get the stats. And as of right now, I mean, my team we as the special team, I know we're leading the league as far as kickoff coverage, and that's what I have to do with a lot of my placement. Uh, Over the ball that my kickoff cover seem to be very aggressive, very smart at what they're doing. And then the field goal, I actually have the lowest amount of attempts at field goals because our offense is struggling, mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't have that many attempts, so I only have three field goals right now with a long of 47. Oh. But you have, to get the, you have to get the XFL stat. That's the only place I've found it
0: so <laughs> far. Okay, I'm going to have to look it up then. It'll be fun to see. So, all right, with the new rule changes in the XFL after you've been a part of five games, what one or two rules do you think could be easily implemented into the NFL, like right away, if you could make those decisions? Or, or, or you could see it happening? I would say definitely the kickoff rule. It makes it much more safer and more exciting because we, uh,
2: there's actually been, I think, two kickoff returns for touchdowns, and you see the scheme behind it from the and the counters. But it's definitely a lot more exciting just to see that and also for safety because at the end of the day, it's all about safety for the, protecting the players and the concussion rate. So I I believe the kickoff is the future of what's going to be having in an NFL and that transition to you know help out with that. And the other thing I can I mean from a kicker standpoint, all the other guys are like you know what extra points were were fun, but I believe that that rule they're doing now with the one point two point three point I believe that's another rule that they will eventually bring to the NFL because it's much more exciting.
0: Nice. Okay. I
1: would say, to spin off on that, it would be nice to see like anything past 50 or, or 52 or whatever the magical number is to maybe be like four points. That would be nice. Yeah. Yeah, they talked about that, actually. I actually spoke to the commissioner just
2: jokingly about that. He's like, that's not a bad idea. So I, <laughs> I hope I'm not the one that gets that started uh, because you're going to start seeing a lot of us to have a lot of viewers from that distance and and I'll tell you what, some some of these coaches, you know, they ask you before the game, so, all right, what's your range going this way? Oh, so going against the you know, against the wind over here, a stiff 10 to 59-hour wind. I'm like, I'll be good between 45. They're like, okay, so 55 and 60, I'm like, wait a minute. That's <laughs> not what we just said. So uh, they're not getting that far yet. So, But I, I can see that being something that they want to add, but we'll see what they, what they talk about. I know that they're talking about uh, changing the ball for the next year. Because they're just saying that okay, there's just this just like an experiment, and mm-hmm. I think the punters are. You start to notice that the big big punters, even my Brock Miller guy, I've seen him get race five oh footballs the NFL ball, but then the XFL, it's like okay,
1: this uh, there's something here. There's definitely something. Yeah, yeah. I've I've been able to kick a couple, um, and some of the trainings, and they they are really tough to kick. I'll be honest with you. Obviously, you're used to it now. I'm, you're used to kicking different footballs with all the different leagues you've been involved in. Um, it, it, it it's difficult to kick, um, and even even Russelino said uh, um, that he's he's lost three or four yards easily just because of the ball itself. And um, I I think he I think it was Ursulino that told us that um, that they're trying to get with other kickers before the games to to, to try to get the balls all rubbed down or, or trying to get in the same level. I don't know if that got shot down because now, granted, that was like a week or two weeks before the season started. But uh, oh, no, he and definitely, definitely
2: did... got it going. They definitely did that because now we okay. actually do have kicker balls. And uh, they're they're held by that red cap guy. And those balls are all worked in. They're brushed down. So oh, we, we don't see those balls all week at all. We don't even see those balls. They're just a the game day ball. They're already perfect the way they are. And so we don't—we only see them on game days, and they're perfectly rubbed down because some of these quarterbacks would be definitely up for DeflateGate
1: if they were discovered. No. So. Oh. <laughs> okay, that makes sense because the ball that we kicked—you um, know, you know, you know—Daniel Bowen and he bought one for hundred and like forty dollars off the internet, and he brought it to the training, and it was brand new. And you know, and we all know, brand new balls kicking is not fun, but still, even brand even knowing around. it's brand new, it's just narrow and. And so That's awesome that you guys got it to where
0: it's already broken up. Yeah. The only benefit of this football that I've noticed is that <laughs> here that it
2: rains almost every other day, um, the ball, when it gets wet, you know, we're we're used to seeing the NFL ball being a little bit weighted, but I think these balls fly great when it comes to that ball being a little wet down. I mean, they travel a lot better than the NFL ball in the rain. That's the only thing that. I've noticed. Wow. Nice. What's the the atmosphere been like? It it seems electric there at the stadium. Well, I'll tell you that. I mean, that's something that I was chuckling the first kickoff. We had our first game here. I like to take uh, my steps at an angle. I count 12 steps back, but I like to hear myself count. So I'll count like from one all the way to 12. It was so loud in our own stadium. I was like, they're not going to yell or be crazy on the kickoff. I'm, I'm the one kicking off. I had to yell. My, my numbers just to hear myself count. And it was, I was like, this is, this is insane. And I'm like, this stadium was just, it, it's designed, I mean, I, they always talk about how it was designed for the sound and it's incredible that these fans, they know that they're the 12th fan and they know the difference they can make because every team that has come in here has taken uh, time out just to even get the play down. So it's, it's an amazing and the people love football. They love football but we've seen that almost everywhere in the XFL. Uh, I know the LA team is a little bit struggling. It's a tough area for them. The Game of fans, like Houston, was a great fan base. St. Louis, another place, um, I felt like I was in my element there, being in a, a dome and arena. But they were loud as well. They were sold out.
0: Nice. How do you like Seattle so far? You know, you spend a lot of time in California. What do you like about Seattle?
2: <laughs> well, I'm not much of a city guy, so I stay as much as I can in the in the hotel, but. Uh, so as far as that, I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of like an upscale of a Portland. Um, I love that there's an excessive amount of sushi around, and I'm a big fish guy. But I do miss the, the, uh, the sun of San Diego. It's always cold here, so uh, I don't see too many Latinos in downtown San Seattle, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> nice. Cool. All right, personally, you're a journeyman. You've been playing with a lot of teams. I'm just kind of curious, mm-hmm. have you kept your helmet and jersey from every team you've played on? And if so, how many do you have?
2: Oh, I would love to have kept the helmets, but no. Um, Jerseys, let's see. Nebraska Danger, Louisiana Swashbucklers, let's see. Wichita Wild, Wichita Force, Las Vegas Outlaws, Portland Steel, San Diego Strike Force, and hopefully I can keep this one. So we're talking about eight or nine now.
0: Nice. That's cool. All right, Ernesto, we're here to our capstone question. We asked you this about your career back in the day. Now that you've been in the XFL, if I've tracked it right, you've had three away games and two home games. So I guess of your five games, rank your five favorite experiences so far. And I guess you have to repeat two of the Seattle home games. But favorite atmosphere so far?
2: Uh, definitely Seattle. Seattle. Seattle's been the best atmosphere so far. And I'm not saying that because my home crowd, I just think it was amazing to hear that sound. Second would be St. Louis. And, and, and I base it all on the atmosphere of the fans and the future the difference that they make. So I would say, you know, Seattle, St. Louis, uh, Washington, D.C., that first game we played there, it was electric. It was fun. Um, Houston would be my fourth, and then, you know, obviously the fifth one would be still Seattle, but I would say those would be the ranking uh, of my favorite atmosphere so far to have played in.
0: Nice. In a last little segment we've added, I think since you've been our last interviewee, is we have a challenges question. You know, oftentimes we're trying to get our listeners to recommend people that we should get on the podcast. In your opinion, who would be a fun interview in your eyes that we should try to get on the podcast?
2: I think it would be awesome. I mean, he's my roommate. Uh, he, he's a rookie. He's a the launch mapper from Hawaii. Noah boarded. He's an interesting cat. And uh, as a young guy, I mean, he makes me feel extremely old now. But he's a guy with, that would be pretty fun to talk to. Really humble guy. Another guy would be Brock Miller as a punter. Um, uh, great guy to talk to. Uh, another guy would be Sergio Castillo. I think he'd be a great guy to talk to. Uh, always liked seeing him. Um, he's from the Houston Roughnecks. Uh, let's see, uh, have you guys ever had Scott Daly, launch mapper?
0: Yeah, we had Scott Daly on when he was in the, uh, AAF league.
2: Oh yeah, there you go. So, he, he's another guy, Austin McGinnis as well. He's a great guy. As oh. far as these are all the, the specialists that I would like to hear from him. Um, uh, but these guys, like Noah Borden, my long snapper, Brock Miller, my punter, maybe guys to talk to that need to be really insightful they're about this experience as well. Perfect. Well, we'll work on hey, those guys. Ernesto, did you uh, did you bring Westy to Seattle? Uh, you know what? Now that you mentioned that, so I thought about going back home or getting a shift up here because the moment I got here, you know, I was thinking uh, they're going to interview me about my journey as far as the career. And the first thing that came out of the reporters was like, did you bring your bus? And I'm like, I did not bring my bus. So. And then when I get to the first home game, there's a bunch of fans by the kicking net, and they were just yelling and yelling. I couldn't, I try not to like pay attention, but for three quarters, they were just adamant trying to get my attention. So Brock told me, hey, you might want to go talk to this lady. She is not stop yelling. So I went over there, and she was like, hey, by the way, do you still have your bus? I'm like, yes, I still have it. Back in San Diego, they're like, well, I'm the president of the VW Bus Club here in Seattle. We'd love for you to join. I'm like, wow. <laughs> that's uh, cool. This would be awesome. So uh, I'm in that club now. And then Coach Zorn, you know, he used to drive a, a yellow VW Bud to every home game when he played in the, uh, in the Seahawks back in the late 70s and 80s. So he's always talking to the air cool engines about, you know, with me. So it's always interesting to have those kind of conversations.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I had to ask just because, you know, it, it's been everywhere with you. And so... It's been everywhere, that's for sure. Yeah, obviously Seattle's tough because it's a a huge city. But, well, cool, man. It's been fun catching up with you again and just hearing hearing what's going on with the XFL. And it's fun to watch you. We're all proud of you, man. And we really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us again. Of course.
2: I always love talking to you guys at the same time and sharing you know, the stories and everything. So I just hope that a lot of young uh, kickers playing in the arena leagues or in any of the leagues even in college, you know, they look at this experience and, you know, it motivates them and inspires them because that's what we do it for. I mean, you inspired me when I was a younger kicker, and I kept going as well. And I just hope
0: that we can do the same thing for the younger generation. That's awesome.
1: Hey. Thank you for that. You, you're definitely doing it, Ernesto. So that's for sure. I love it. All
0: right, man. Well, awesome. thanks for being on with us. Appreciate it. Good luck the rest of the season. All right, guys.
1: Take care. All right, bro. Thank you. Peace. All right, Chris, from the IFL to the XFL, I mean, Ernesto's uh, doing a fantastic job and really cool to hear all the insights, especially the st- strategic ways on the kickoffs.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know, it's, again, fun to follow his journey. You know, I've followed him probably ever since you introduced me to him, and cool to see that he's doing well in the XFL. And, again, like you said, the, the insights, the strategy talks, you know, that's fun to see from an insider's perspective on, on what it's like in the trenches.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and it's crazy. Like, from watching the game, I remember watching the first Seattle game at home, and, it, and they were bragging about how awesome the, the the turnout was for the fans, and it was loud just listening to the TV. So that'd be crazy having to, like, yell, counting your steps back. I, I definitely could imagine that. So um, that's, that's good for the XFL brand, too. and and that, is kind of, that has to be kind of an odd feeling, just being back there on an island by yourself and the coverage team is like 50 yards in front of you, Yeah, you,
0: know? you know what it reminds me of? Um, just coaching at the high school level, sometimes you get that kicker that can just blast the ball. Uh, we've done that in practice sometimes where the kicker has to stand like 10 or 15 yards back just so you can keep the ball in the field for the returners. So actually that just kind of brought back some yeah. memories of just coaching at the local local schools too.
1: Well, actually, just to spin off on that, that's a good drill for kickers, Um, you know, guys that are struggling putting in the end zone. I remember um, before my senior year, I I was kicking off from the 30 um, because the NFL changed it to the 30. And so I was thinking, all right, well, I'll be kicking off from the 35 my senior year in college. So I'm I'm just going to start kicking off from the 30. Because it looks, it looks five yards further, but it, it feels like it's like 10 yards further because it's just farther away. Yeah. And then I did that all summer. And then once fall camp came, I went back to the 35, and I was like, man, this, like, this kind of looks close. So that might be something that high school kickers want to try out is maybe start kicking off from the 35 um, just to, to get that visual perception down when you get back to the 40.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea for a new drill for those guys. Awesome. Well, all right, guys. Thanks again for listening. Uh, thanks for your weekly support, and we will see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Fourth Down Experience. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fourth Down Experience.